part four, meal timing and frequency. This is going to be a good one, guys, because I feel like there's a ton of people out there, myself included back in the day, who were once or still are confused on this. They they believe that more meals equals a, equals a higher metabolism, that we need to eat six meals a day in order to get lean, stroke the metabolic fire, whatever they used to say. And we essentially follow old school bodybuilding principles or we see a guy that's really ripped that's carrying around a bunch of tubware eating six times a day and we believe that we need to do the same. Well, what I'm going to explain to you guys today is that we actually do not need to do the same. I'm also going to break down how we can periodize our diet because just like training where we periodize strength blocks, power blocks, speed blocks, hypertrophy blocks, deloads so we can take a break and give our body recovery, we need to do the same exact thing with diet but it's a lot more simple and there's not as many complicated blocks involved. It's really just on and off, right? Eh, on, off, and, and maintain, I guess you used to say. And I'm going to break that down of how you can implement those things. Um, and I also want to touch on supplements real quick. So without further ado, Let's get right into part four and five, meal timing, frequency, and supplements. All right, so. Let's get right into meal frequency and timing. So the big thing to take away here, guys, is that it doesn't really matter too much. So I'm going to give you some personal experience. I'm going to give you experience with hundreds of clients I've worked with. And then I'm going to give you the the data based on research that they've actually done. So let's start with the research since that is the golden proof of all this. They've done studies on two meals a day, three meals a day, seven meals a day, 16 meals a day. They've done a lot of crazy studies, and what they've found is that metabolism, um, which is going to be the, the prime direct thing that leads to body composition training uh, changes through food, doesn't really change, uh, and it's only influenced by muscle mass, activity level, and total calorie intake. So if you're eating 2,500 calories per day, whether that's two meals, four meals, or eight meals, it doesn't matter. That's a daily caloric intake that's going to regulate your hormone. Um, the rest deter- is determined by your energy expenditure, so how much uh, training you're doing, your activity level, how much you move on a daily basis just through neat or fidgeting or whatever it may be. And then also the amount of muscle mass you have on your body because as we know, the more muscle mass you have, the more – uh, calories you burn on a daily basis because your your body has to increase metabolism and use energy as as essentially fuel just to maintain the muscle that's on your body. So that being said, we need to realize that that the frequency of meals you have throughout the day doesn't really matter from a fat loss perspective. But there are a couple things that we can consider when we discuss meal frequency. Now. Again, I have to make this clear. We've gone over calories, which is number one, the energy balance. So calories in versus calories out is the biggest key in order to make pot, uh, body composition changes. Nothing matters until you lock that in. Then we got macros, which essentially is the ratio that splits up your calorie intake. Nothing is more important besides calories than that as far as dialing in your macros to make sure that you're training for more muscle mass, more fat loss, or better performance depending on what your specific goals are. Then we have micronutrients, which is more targeted towards our health. And as we know, if we aren't staying healthy, 
on a uh, internal level, then we are not going to thrive hormonally and uh, through our body composition, through our training, through our skin, our hair, our sleep, all these different things are regulated through that and it matters a lot. You're not going to see rapid changes through those micronutrients, but you will see long-term effects and be able to sustain those body composition changes better if you adhere to those. And then we have meal timing and frequency. So this comes after all that stuff, guys. So again, if you haven't locked in one through three, then there's no point in even worrying about parts four and five. But if you've locked those in, here we are. We're going to talk about meal timing, meal frequency. If fat loss is your goal, it doesn't really matter. The time that it really does matter for meal frequency and meal timing is going to be if you're a high-level athlete um, or power lifter or a bodybuilder or any type of athlete essentially on competition day. So if I'm a high level athlete and I know I have weight training in the morning and uh, skill work, whether that's soccer on the field, whether that's basketball, whether that's track, it doesn't matter if I have practice in the afternoon. Meal timing and frequency plays a big role because I need to make sure that I have a meal immediately after that morning training session to replenish glycogen, to to recover the tissue and be ready for that later on session, which means I'm probably going to have to have another meal targeted before my workout to fuel that performance. So if you're an athlete at a high level and you have tournaments, games, practices, two-a-days, or competition meet days, you need to focus on meal timing and frequency. Most likely, you have a coach, and I would suggest reaching out to your coach. And if they don't specifically do nutrition work, then you should probably hire out as well because it does play a big, big role leading into that competition. If you are not and you are here just strictly for fat loss and muscle gain, then it's a little bit different. Like I said before, fat loss doesn't really matter because your calories in versus calories out is the biggest the biggest thing here we need to focus on. So if you're locked in with that and your macros, then as long as you get your daily intake straight, your metabolism is going to be fine and that's what's going to cause your metabolic rate to be where it's at. So that's that's the big key here and that's the big takeaway. So you guys don't have to fear because I know back in the day for myself and a lot of people listening to this Meal timing was like a big deal. You got to eat six meals a day to get lean. You got to have post-workout nutrition right away, all these different things. And it was a scare tactic to buy supplements, to buy plans. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter that much. You need a system that you can adhere to, okay? And that's kind of what I'm going to go into next. So before I do that, actually, let's talk about muscle gain. So fat loss doesn't really matter. Athletic performance does. Muscle gain, we can say that it does matter. If you are trying to build muscle, it's probably recommended that you do eat four to five, maybe six meals per day all containing 25 minimum up to 45 grams of protein per meal. The reason being is because that's going to stimulate muscle protein synthesis at the highest rate, which is going to allow you to rebuild tissue better. In other words, build muscle. So if your sole goal is building muscle, then it is more optimal for you to eat more meals throughout the day. But you really don't need to go over four or five because that will give you the maximum dosage of muscle protein synthesis in a sense. And it is good to not eat you know, eight to 12 hours while you're sleeping and everything because that gives your digestive system a break. It gives your hormones a chance to spike as far as growth hormone and testosterone and these different things. But muscle gaining, protein spread out throughout the day is probably going to be ideal. Now, if, if you're trying to burn fat or lose body fat and maintain as much muscle as possible, you might want to follow that same exact principle while just making sure that your caloric deficit is in check. Next, we want to go into, so what does matter as far as meal timing? Well, what we do know is that 
when we start tipping down towards the lower end of meal frequency, like two meals per day, we start experiencing issues with adherence and consistency. So that might not be that good. The only time I ever see that two meals per day works well is if somebody thrives on an intermittent fasting diet and that allows them to stay adherent and consistent with their diet. If that's you, then great. If not, you're probably going to want to eat at least three meals a day. You're probably going to be able to adhere better to that. They've found that through studies. I've found that personally and I found that through years and hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've experienced coaching with. So that being said, two or the upper edge of six plus meals per day is probably going to be where we start to tiptoe with bad adherence and consistency. So my suggestion to you and all of my clients is really to eat somewhere between three to five meals per day. That usually works with everybody no matter what, and it's an easier way to set up your meals. You have less meals to worry about, less need to prep, less times you're eating throughout the day. It just works better. Not to mention, it's probably going to be better on your digestive level as well. Another thing we need to consider is the fact that a study came out a while ago um, looking at insulin sensitivity and energy expenditure according to your meals. And what they found is that inconsistent meal timing and frequency throughout the week led to poor insulin levels, which we know is very important in order to stay lean, stay healthy, and actually build more muscle. Which So we want good insulin levels. And also um, energy expenditure, so how much calories we're burning throughout the day and week. So what this tells us is that If you eat two meals on Monday, four meals on Tuesday, six meals on Wednesday, three meals on Thursday, six meals on Friday, and you're bouncing back and forth, back and forth, your body is essentially – and this is just a guess and speculation based off what they found in the study because I don't know exactly what the mechanisms were behind it. But I would guess that our body likes to get used to a routine. And when it can get used to our routine, our hormones like insulin and and all these different hormones, ghrelin, metabolism, leptin, can get used to a specific feeding schedule and nutrient delivery schedule, absorption schedule, and then actually thrive off that as far as how many calories we're burning throughout the day, how efficient our body is working throughout the week. So it may be a good idea, whether it's three meals, four meals, five meals, six meals, to lock in a system and stay consistent with that every single day. So what I recommend to clients is not that they need to eat three meals a day, but if that they choose three meals a day, we set up time blocks where they are eating those meals and we can stay consistent with those meals every single week. Your body will adjust better, your digestion will adjust better, and apparently your insulin levels will adjust better, which is going to lead to much better body composition results and longevity, not to mention you're going to burn more calories throughout the week. So that's something to consider. So what about pre Perry and post-workout nutrition. Let's talk about that. Pre-workout nutrition. Pre-workout nutrition is going to be pretty crucial depending on the person. Um, This is going to influence and benefit our dopamine and serotonin levels going into the session, but it's mainly a psychological thing. I know for me, I need to eat two hours before. I need to eat a big meal and it's got to have a lot of carbs. That fuels me. It makes me feel better. And whether that's a placebo effect or not, I feel much better. I like working out on a full stomach but not so full that I'm having digestive going on, uh, digestive issues or digestion in general going on while I'm training. So two hours works well. I get protein. I get carbs. I know I'm going to be replenishing tissue as I break it down during the session so I'm not going to break down too much muscle. I'm going to recover better. I know I'm going to perform better. And then I know if I don't get right to a meal afterwards, I'm fine because I still probably have some carbohydrates in my system. 
from before. But some people do better on fasted training. Some people do better on uh, no carbs for training and only carbs post-training. So we got to look at that. Now, what I do recommend, and studies have proven this, it's most optimal to have protein one to three hours pre-workout. This is simply going to be from a recovery standpoint and just to make sure that you're not breaking down too much muscle tissue. You're, you're recovering probably, you're building muscle, you're fueled and you're ready to go. Um, if you're intermittent fasting, you should probably wait till you're actually eating to train or you should train at the tail end of your fast because growth hormone levels are going to be at their highest point of your fast and that's going to help uh, do the same effect as the protein before your workout. When it comes to peri-workout nutrition, which is intra-workout, which means in, during your workout, I really don't recommend this to anybody unless you are a very high-level athlete in a sport like CrossFit where you are depleting a lot of glycogen rapidly. You might want to have some easily digestive carbohydrates like cyclic dextrin during your training. Or if you're a skinny guy really trying to gain weight, it's an easy way to add calories that are going to go right to the muscle because it's an easy digestive source and you're training is going to increase your insulin sensitivity, which is going to shuttle those carbs to your muscle. But for 99% of people, you do not need to worry about having food or carbohydrates or drinks or calories in general during your workout. It's kind of pointless. Post-workout carbs, post-workout nutrition, it's kind of the same thing as uh, the pre-workout. If you can, have protein one to three hours post-workout. That's the most important thing. Carbohydrates, not so much. See, it takes a lot of work to truly deplete your body of carbohydrates. And at the end of the day, if you eat carbohydrates within 24 hours of your training, you are going to completely replenish glycogen stores within that time frame. And they've done studies on this. So post-workout carbohydrates aren't the biggest deal in the world, but there is some things we want to consider. Number one is if we want to bring cortisol back to a healthy level after training and recover properly, having carbohydrates after your workout can actually allow you to do that because your body's in that fight or flight mode. It's ready. To, it needs to go into rest and digest. Your nervous system needs that break so your cortisol can drop. So for that reason, I do suggest carbs post-workout. The other reason I suggest them is because when we train, our insulin sensitivity has the highest level. So you're more likely to store carbohydrates in muscle cells versus body fat around that pre- and post-workout time period. So again, it's kind of splitting hairs. So my advice to you is if you can control it by having carbohydrates pre- and post-workout rather than spread out randomly throughout the day, I highly suggest you do that. If that is a lot or if you're at the first beginning stages of even tracking macros in general, do not worry about this. Eat your carbs as soon as you can. Eat a meal whenever you can. Don't don't worry about running to your car and eating uh, or drinking a shake inside the car because at the end of the day, if you get something in your system within three to four hours, you're still going to be fine. Your muscle's not going to go away. If you're a high-level competitor or something, maybe we talk about it a little bit more. But at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. And as you can see and you're going to hear me continually say – we're kind of splitting hairs with this entire subject. Meal timing and frequency really doesn't matter too much. And we need to remember that as we talk about this because there's going to be a lot of different strategies and complex tactics I'm talking about when it comes to nutrition. But And it can be overwhelming. And at the end of the day, you don't need them in order to see results. And I don't want anybody to take this and assume that they do. So remember, take this all with a grain of salt. The last thing I really want to talk about is a diet break and periodizing your diet. So when we look at a diet, we are in a fat loss phase. We are in a calorie surplus. This is a stress to the body because we are taking in less calories than we are burning out. That's like 
the negative or like the the opposite of what our body wants to survive if we really think about it we want to have a, an abundance of calories so we know no matter what we can store them and if if it's death is on the table we got body fat to feed off for a while but a lot of us don't want to store a lot of body fat to quote unquote feed off of for a while so what do we do you got to periodize your diet if you diet for 16 weeks straight, you're going to start feeling the negative effects from a hormonal standpoint. This is when women start losing their period. This is when metabolism slows down or shuts down completely. Testosterone for men takes a dip. We can't maintain or build any muscle mass. So we have to consider these things. Periodizing your diet is as simple as dieting in a sense, not too aggressively, but dieting hard enough to see results and lose body fat and weight on a weekly basis for anywhere between 12 to 16 weeks. That's going to be 3 to 4 months. And actually I would say 8 to 16 weeks. Anywhere between 2 to 4 months depending on where you are at. Then you want to take at least a month but up to 3 months of maintenance. So bringing your calories back up to a maintenance level so your body can resynthesize hormones. It can kind of adjust again and just chill out and reset its body fat level. Now what I'm recommending right now is for somebody who has 50 plus pounds to lose. If you have a lot of weight to lose, your body fat set point is at a very high level and we want to remove that and get that lower. So if you chop 20 pounds off, take a good month break. And just chill. Don't try to lose any weight. Fuck, gain a pound or two and just let your body resynthesize. Your hormones get healthy. Your recovery to ample up. Start working on strength and just let your body fat set point reset at a lower level. Once you feel like you're maintaining that pretty easily after about a month, maybe two months, then you dive right back into another fat loss plan and try to chop another 20 pounds off. It's as simple as that. But that is the key to keeping results for a long-term basis. So I'm talking years of time after you get the results. The next thing we need to talk about is a diet break. If you are a leaner individual and you are looking to cut and strip body fat, you need to consider a diet break. And this is when we diet for 8, 12, 16 weeks and then we take one full week of refeeding. So a lot of people know of cheat days. A lot of people know of refeed days. And this is when we take one day and we bring our calories up to maintenance and we kind of have whatever the hell we want. One day of refeeding or cheating is really just a psychological break. Our body doesn't burn more fat. Our metabolism doesn't increase. Our leptin and ghrelin won't spike. Our growth hormone doesn't spike. 24 hours is not long enough, and they've done studies on this. In fact, 48 hours to 72, so like two to three days of constant refeeding is actually the shortest amount of time period where we see some kind of metabolic effect to benefit and increase your hormonal balance, which we all know like all these hormones kind of take a dive when we start dieting. So if you want to incorporate a refeed, I suggest doing it for two, even three days, so a full weekend, and you don't need them very often. So every eight weeks, every 12 weeks. Now a diet break is when we take a full week, and this is when you've been dieting a little bit harder. So if you've been dieting for eight to 16 weeks really hard and you're already a lean individual and you don't want to sacrifice your hormones or your long-term health, I highly suggest taking a full five to seven days at maintenance level. Don't eat a bunch of junk. Don't go into a surplus, but bring your calories back up to what your maintenance level is. And just stay there. Eat a lot of carbs. You'll you'll probably gain some weight, but it's guaranteed to be all water and glycogen storage. It'll fall back off, but your body will thank you for it and you'll feel a lot better. And you'll be able to diet and burn body fat for a longer period of time because of that. So let's recap real quick because that's pretty much all we have to talk about when it comes to meal timing and frequency. At the end of the day, and they've done studies to do this, metabolism doesn't get regulated by the amount of meals per day. It gets regulated and set by the daily caloric intake, the amount of muscle on your body, and your daily energy expenditure or activity level. So when it comes to meal timing, your best bet 
is to specifically set up a routine every day of the week that fits your schedule and your time frame better. Usually that falls in between three to five meals a day. Each meal should have protein and you're golden. If you're an athlete, you might want some different considerations on days of competitions or tournaments. The last thing, Diet periodization. You can't diet year-round or you will suffer from it. So whether that's incorporating one to two months at maintenance if you're on a huge fat loss phase or if you need a full diet break, you need to incorporate something to make sure that your hormones are staying healthy and you can keep this weight off and your muscle mass on for the long term. And those are the biggest things we need to look at. Now, when we go into supplements, I'm not really going to talk about it today because I did a full episode episode 107 on supplements. What's good? What's worth your money? What is bullshit? And at the end of the day, it kind of boiled down to taking caffeine before your workouts, making sure you have some creatine daily if you want to build muscle and making sure to take uh, fish oil every single day because we need the omega-3 fatty acids. But other than that, there's not much to talk about. But if you want to hear me talk about some specific supplements more than just those few, Go to episode 107 and check it out. It's called Supplements 101 and I break it all down. So at the end of the day, guys, do not stress. If you've gotten this far onto the pyramid of importance and you're on part four and five, this is where we start splitting hairs. If we've locked in our calories, if we've locked in our macros, we know we are getting micronutrients and we hit a plateau, then we can start considering things like carb cycling, having higher calorie days and lower calorie days, um, train, uh, timing our nutrients around our training to optimize insulin sensitivity. Things like that are really, really splitting hairs and they make the 1% difference. But if you're at the point where you need that 1% difference, I highly suggest it because it does matter to some of those individuals. If you guys have any other questions, Go to the show notes, click the link to get into the Mind vs. Muscle team page now. Hop in there, tag me, tag Theo, ask us anything you want and we'll get you guys um, some content, some podcasts, some videos, whatever it may be based off of your question. Appreciate you guys all for listening. I'll catch you next time. If you love the Mind vs. Muscle podcast, want more free content, and you want to support the movement, share this podcast and leave us a five-star rating and review. To get your questions answered on the next episode, see the show notes for our social media handles and hashtag mind versus muscle.